This 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 Let's be honest. Talking about our faith, it can get hard sometimes. Sometimes we get caught up in the world, but now the world will have to get caught up in us. We're here to talk about it. We're here to talk about our real faith. We're here to talk about the real God. For unapologetic apologetics everywhere, welcome to Tactical Faith Radio. Tactical Faith Radio. This is Matt Burford. Um, I have some great news for uh, for us, for Tactical Faith, and for those who follow us in the state of Alabama and beyond. We have the opportunity to hear more from a scholar that has given a lot to me in terms of over the years. I've read his resources. Um, I've listened to his talks. Um, he is somebody that is my go-to when it goes to crafting my sermons. Uh, Dr. Trimper Longman is his name. We, we did a podcast in the summer, and since then we have been in a conversation with him to try to get his voice heard more in our state. And the good news is we are now in a kind of a pseudo-fun partnership where he has agreed to take some time um, and get in a relationship with us uh, and talk about certain issues from his perspective. And as such, we'll, we'll be able to have more podcasts with him and maybe even at some point in the next, you know, maybe a couple of years, bring him down. And he's going to do some Skype conversations for us uh, with pastors and leaders um, um, in the future. Uh, Dr. Trimperlama, thank you for coming on. Hey, Matt, it's my uh, privilege. I'm really in, uh, looking forward to our conversations together. So I, I, had, I have lunch with a lot of professors here in town, especially Beeson professors, and your name is, I'm telling you, when you say Dr. Trimper Lawman, uh, from my old Old Testament professor to other people, uh, they say nothing but great things about what you have done for the kingdom, what you've done in your area of academics. Uh, what are you working on today? Today we're going to bring, I wanted to talk to you about a book that just came out about Old Testament. Can you tell us the title of that book? Sure. Um, yeah, it came out in April and it's called Confronting Old Testament Controversies, Pressing Questions About Evolution, Sexuality, History, and Violence. And uh, my publisher, Baker, uh, for this book, my publisher asked me to write this book and address um, what we all, I think, see as four of the primary controversial issues surrounding the Old Testament that discourages people from reading the Old Testament. Well, tell us a little bit about your, about your background first. I mean, um, what is your educational background? What what made you want to pursue Old Testament studies? Uh, yeah, that well, that's a great question. I um, We're going back into ancient history, of course. I'm 67 years old. So, um, and matter of fact, I was just back in Ohio for a reunion about a week and a half ago where I grew up and became a Christian just before college. That's awesome. Uh, and had already decided to go to Ohio Wesleyan University. But then uh, I went to Westminster Theological Seminary in Philadelphia for my MDiv. And then after that, Yale University to do a PhD. I was being encouraged by my uh, mentor, uh, Ray Dillard. I was teaching Old Testament at Westminster at that time. 
And then after that, I taught at Westminster for 18 years and, um, and uh, then had a mid-career change and went out to Westmont College, where I was the Robert Gundry Professor of Biblical Studies for another 19 years, now retired, living in Alexandria, but still writing and flying all over the place, teaching and doing other stuff. Yeah. Uh, I went into Old Testament primarily because I felt that uh, it was a rich source of spiritual um, uh, growth and, uh, and you know, we could grow in our knowledge of God, but that it was also hard. It's hard for us Christians to understand and to really get on board. And, that's and I wanted to, and I wanted to help people and myself uh, to understand the, the power of the Old Testament. Yeah, if you watch the Bible Project guys, and they've mentioned you before in your podcast, they talk about the hyperlinks. In other words, those texts that were, well, the links that refer to other places. And, and they talk about the New Testament having hyperlinks all to the Old Testament. So if you don't understand yeah. the Old Testament, you really miss out on on, de- on the depth of, of what's going on in the New Testament. So let me ask you a question. Uh, what makes you, what do you think it makes the Old Testament difficult for modern believers when it comes to a like reaching people for the faith. Sure. Uh, well, I do think, uh, first of all, the Old Testament's hard for us to understand because it's ancient, much more ancient. It comes from a culture that is more foreign to us than the Greco-Roman culture of the New Testament. Uh, it's coming from the time of Christ, so there's all kind of, uh, before the time of Christ, so there's, uh, while it's anticipating, I would argue that Christ permeates the Old Testament in, in a special way. Um, it just seems more foreign to our faith as we're reading about things like sacrifices and so forth. And then we have the special issues that I address in my book. I mean, I think the two that are mo- most off-putting to all Christians these days is the issue of divine violence, God, you know, uh, bringing violent judgment against uh, sinners, and also in the light of modern science, um, some people, in my opinion, wrongly believe that the Bible uh, and evolution contradict each other. And so they, many people understand that there's very powerful evidence in favor of evolution, and, and they're wrongly being called to make a choice between the two. So I think that and other issues like uh, slavery uh, and 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 other matters like that, though that's also a New Testament issue, of course, um, that that makes people wonder uh, how is the Old Testament relevant to us? Yeah, relevant, and it takes time. And these are difficult questions that take time, right? And they take oh, a, yeah. they take a seriousness yeah. about us that where we have to as 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 God's people in God's church take these questions seriously and spend our time thinking about these issues. If if we're gonna take our time thinking about these issues, though, what is the what is the we we referred to this a second ago, but what is the main benefit of taking our time to think through and incorporating the Old Testament in our faith? Well, I mean, we uh, rightly, uh, by we, I mean the church has recognized the Old Testament as the word of God. I mean, God is speaking to us 
through it and um and therefore and it constitutes us uh 77 percent of our bible and so if we neglect the old testament we're neglecting 77 percent of god's word and as you earlier said uh it really you really can't understand the new testament without the old testament um i think uh i've likened people who only read the new testament to people who might uh you know go to a movie with 20 minutes left to go which my father actually used to do he never used to check the time when the movie started he'd just take us (laughs) and um and you don't really understand what's going on in the movie unless you understand what goes on at the beginning. And the same thing's true reading a book. Uh, I know my wife can't stand the suspense, so she reads the last five pages or something first. But uh, sure. but still, she doesn't really understand what's going on, but it allows her to tolerate the suspense of the book. And, uh, it, I don't. and it's kind of a shame because the... We, 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 and I have a question pertaining to this, but we think of the Old Testament as just a bunch of rules and regulation when really even a good percentage of the Old Testament is, is like poetry, you know, oh, when, you, right. think, when, when yeah. you think about the Old Testament even has something to give in terms of just a genre of poetry and what it can mean to us. And for somebody like me, you know, I really started digging into the wisdom literature, uh, into wisdom literature about three or four years ago. That's when I found a lot of your work. Yeah. Uh, boy, yeah. my everything about who I was was changed. The way that I looked at the world, the way that I looked at the canon, even to the way that I looked at how Christ, who Christ was and how his, you know, in terms of his identity and the things he did and figuring out, oh, oh, he's in a wisdom style tradition. Those things were really helpful in developing me as a Christian looking back at the Old Testament. But I want to get to a, a, a specific issue, and that is to the rules and regulations that we find, especially in the first few books of the Old Testament. Um, part of unbelievers have a question, and it's a legitimate question of, well, wait a minute now. You know, you have a Jewish group that held to these very strict dietary rules, these these very these strict other rules, yet you Christians pick and choose what you mm-hmm. want to follow and what you don't want to follow. And these kind of feed into these other questions like how we deal with homosexuality, how we deal with punitive measures when it comes to our to how we dole out justice when it comes to our government. So how do how do you answer that question? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's uh it's a, it's a question that does call for serious engagement with the text and um and and you really have to be a serious student of the Bible to um understand that it's not a matter of just picking and choosing what you want to affirm or not, or it shouldn't be. I mean, for some people it is, but uh, in both the Confronting Old Testament Controversies book, I and as well as my forthcoming book in January, which will even be more controversial, called The Bible and the Ballot, Using Scripture and Political Decisions, um, you know, when in that second book, I, I have to ask the question, what are the issues of continuity and discontinuity when, when it comes to thinking about principles that reflect that should influence Christians' um, understanding of public policy? Um, why do certain laws and not other laws relate to us today? And if I might briefly uh, say that you first of all have to understand how the Old Testament law itself works. You have the 
Ten Commandments, which are general ethical principles, which are then being applied in the case laws that follow it, uh, follow the Ten Commandments. Um, and the case laws are applying the principles of the Ten Commandments in a way that is relevant to Israel at the you know, at their time, at their cultural moment, and at their redemptive historical moment, that is, being a people of God uh, before Christ comes. And the other factor that enters in here, too, is that the people of God in the Old Testament are a nation state, whereas the people of God in the New Testament are a church. And that has uh, effects as we think about how we as Christians should appropriate the Old Testament law. Um but our guidance comes from the New Testament. We want to see how does the New Testament um, affirm or or consider uh, Old Testament law fulfilled in a way that it's no longer to be observed. I mean, Jesus said that basically in Matthew five seventeen and following that not a jot or tittle of the law will pass away until it's and this is a paraphrase until its purpose has been accomplished. And some of the law's purpose has been accomplished. And so uh, that's the type of law that has traditionally been called ceremonial or ritual law. Laws that are related specifically to Israel and its cultural moment are no longer relevant, which would include the food laws, since the purpose of the food laws was basically to keep Jews, uh, Israelites from meeting with Gentiles, to keep them separate. And now that the wall of separations come down, there's no reason to observe those food laws. Um, and and we would have to, you know, uh, go through a whole bunch of uh, specific examples, which I do, by the way, in my books, uh, to show that it's not arbitrary. It's really quite uh, obvious once you start thinking about it. But you have to think about it. You have to look at it. You can't simply say, well, they'll... Old Testament law has no relevance for us today, nor nor can you say it's all relevant for us today. <laughs> sure. Well, well, that, well, that'll get us off the point, but I, I usually refer to that as a wisdom hermeneutic. You know, oh, when, yeah. You know, no, that's not off the point at all. Yeah. Uh, you do have to have wisdom because it's a matter of applying principles to new situations. Sure. Uh, yeah. But when you get, when you get, for instance, when it comes to, sexuality, you do see a pattern. Uh, first of all, if anything, when it comes to sexual laws, uh, things actually, in a sense, uh, tighten up. You can see this with the divorce law in Matthew 19, where Jesus said that the law concerning divorce in the Old Testament was because of the hardness of their heart. Now that he's here, um, divorce is actually... Um, not as easy for a person to obtain. Well, mm. it is in our state, but not in not not according to the Bible. And then, when it comes to other sexual laws, um, including those concerning same-sex relationships, um, the New Testament simply reaffirms what the Old Testament uh, said in Leviticus eighteen and twenty. So uh, Paul in Romans and First Timothy and First Corinthians um, reaffirm what we see in the Old Testament. 
So, um, so again, the basic point is, no, it's not a matter of picking and choosing. Um, and we have to be careful not to sort of impose our preferences on scripture. So are there things still to be learned from the laws that we don't observe anymore? Um, well, I think, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I think, I think it's, um, there's a lot to be learned. I mean, because it kind of depends on who you are or what your, uh, what your church or what you individually believe, um, I think um, there, there's a lot of, uh, let me use the word you used, wisdom in the law. Let me, let me give an example, um, just a small example, but this is one I've always found intriguing and very illuminating to the idea of how the case law is applied to the cultural situation of Israel. There's a law in Deuteronomy. I don't have the exact reference on the tip of my tongue, but it says, do not build a fence uh, I mean, you must build a fence around your roof, okay? You must build a fence around your roof. Now, as I said, these case laws are applications of the Ten Commandments. In this case, you must not murder. And the reason why the case law is stating what it's stating is because roofs in ancient Israel were living space. So you build a fence around it to protect people from hurting themselves. Now, obviously... In the New Testament, uh, in the U.S. today, uh, unless you have a deck, and then you should build a fence around your deck. I have a third-floor deck, by the way, here in Alexandria, Virginia. But um, but it's kind of, you know, it would be ridiculous and legalistic to say everybody should build a fence around their roof. But it does get you thinking about how can I protect life in my house, you know, things like building fences around pools, putting, you know, plugs and lights in, in electrical sockets when little children are around, things like that. So, so, um, so that's just a very small example of the type of thinking that we ought to do when we read the Old Testament law. We can gain wisdom from the law. Yeah, and, and what I guess what I mean by that, too, is that we— the 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 what what makes it so difficult sometimes as Christians we we would we we naturally want to cry out for an easy binary white white or black you know I see it yeah where, right so I right. see it a lot in the state where I go around and I teach at all these these different churches and places yet naturally they want what we call a fundamentalist or whatever naturally says well it says this it's concrete this well that that's that's too easy. Because, <laughs> because, yes, right, because the right. what what God these laws these punitive laws and these other laws ritual laws these are not there just these were not heavy handedly given to us by God just because out of fit because he he's mean you know he does these things in order to help us flourish to help us have a better yes. life to help us understand through the fear of the Lord who He is so there's something yes. to these rules that even even in trying to interpret these rules in our modern setting past the cross there's something about thinking about these even these old testament texts that we have to re realize that if it was black or white it would be too easy and we can't grow 
So for yeah, me, for me, right. wisdom is this, you know, we're going to pull you along. And then through the process of trying to evaluate these things, God is also using that conflict to draw you closer to him. Does that make sense? So another, oh, it makes a lot of sense. You know, we, I agree. Totally. We, we get this in, in you, we get this in athletics all the time. You, you, you have to work hard in order for it to function the way it's supposed to on the field during play. Right. With right. that, that's, there's a lot of that going on. It seems to me when we talk about the law and rules uh, and then something really awesome happens when Christ comes, but maybe that's for another podcast. So, so how would lastly, um, and maybe we'll talk about some of these other sh- issues way on down the line when it comes to younger people, when it comes to the church, you know, I just got back from a pretty, uh, long meeting yesterday and looking at statistics when it comes to the churches in Alabama. And we're, we're, lo- well, we're in an evangelical recession in a lot of ways. We don't want to call it decline, but we're kind of in a recession. And especially when it comes to reaching and discipling younger people. Um, yeah. how do we, what are we going to do as a church just to start implementing, I don't know, them thinking about the Old Testament? We'll just keep it simple. One question. What do we, what, how do we help young people appreciate the Old Testament? Well, I think the first thing we do is uh, encourage them to ask questions and explore and to think and not, not and, um, and, and not be afraid to, you know, let them uh, make some mistakes in their understanding while we're also helping to guide them. I, I guess what I'm saying is I, I, I know some statistics too uh, that uh, talk about how young people are turned off in general uh, from Christianity because they've gone to their pastor with some questions that they have, say about science and faith, and and they're just shut down. You know, it's kind of like, no, you can't ask those kind of questions. No, I, you know, um, and, and I, and I also think, yeah, so, so that's one thing I would say. Um, I'd also, you know, one of the things that drove me to the old Testament was, you know, it's, it's, um, it stimulates the imagination. Mm-hmm. It, uh, and it's, it's, it's an ancient intriguing world once you get in it, um, but I also think we have a tendency um, in the church to sometimes try to reduce these powerful stories, which I do think happened in space and time, uh, but they're, they're story-like histories. And the poems and the wisdom, uh, we tend to want to kind of distill them down into theological propositions. But um, but but I don't know. I, I think preaching ought to really be intriguing and exciting reflecting the excitement of the of the old testament stories and poems and i guess that's another thing there's just not enough preaching and teaching of the old testament in the church yeah and how it integrates Uh, itself oh i I agree when we're younger we learn these stories with wonder and awe and imagination yeah and it never should die you know that wonderment and that imagination about the old testament and its stories i mean we were watching something going 
to my kids' school, we watch these little videos on YouTube. Well, I'm driving; they're watching. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, we 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 the Bible pro- we watch the Bible Project videos all the time, and they were talking about. Yeah, uh, they're they're great. By the way, I love they, those. They're things. so fantastic. But we were yeah. talking about Daniel, and they were talking about the you know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And my 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 daughter said, "Oh, what was Daniel's?" You know, what was Daniel's name in Babylon? And we, we were talking about, and then the fascinating, they showed the little video and it has the, the fourth figure that's walking through the fire. And then mm-hmm. I, mean, my, I got a 14 year old and I got a 12 year old and I'm always real careful because I don't want to, you know, indoctrinate, no, not doctrinate, get them to where they're tired of the stories, right? I want them to always fill in all the stories. And, and I get reminded when I watch these videos, God, this is so, the Old Testament is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it is, yeah. I, yeah. it makes me, my wife would kill me, but it makes me want to go get a doctorate in, you know, an Old Testament or something just to yeah. learn more. <laughs> but that's why we bring guys like you here so that I can talk to you. Other, you know, no, my, great. my wife is tired of me asking questions that she's like, I have no clue. <laughs> well, all right. Well, we're, we're, we are so thankful to have you uh, helping us out and helping getting the word out about, you know, Christianity and how it's fun to, to talk about. It's fun to think about. And, uh, you know, we're getting in, in, in some pretty in some other relationships with some other people, too. And you, you're definitely the top guy that we have. You have a website now. What is it? Uh, yeah, it's um, TrepperLongman.com. And it's, that'll get you to my new uh, website. And it shows Which, shows all your resources and it's that it well it shows all right now uh shows all my books including my forthcoming book with Erdman's the Bible and the Ballad and also um yeah I got to get I have another new book coming out called How to Read Daniel speaking of Daniel we'll have to talk about Daniel in the future oh. and um and and also some links to I'm going to put more links there in the near future uh, to smaller articles. Most recently, I did an article for an online magazine called Credo on the theology of lamentations that's on there. Goodness gracious. All that stuff is so fantastic. And so we want people to go there. Uh, We're going to have some information coming up on tfTacticalFaith.com that's going to point to your stuff. Uh, We look forward to our relationship together as we move forward to try to tackle these questions, us specifically in Alabama and the South. Uh, But we want to pull in, you know, resources and great minds from everywhere. So thank you so much for being on. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks, Matt.